You're listening to Sunny Side Up, a bite-sized podcast that brings you real-world insights that help go-to-market professionals evolve and stay up-to-date on the latest trends. Join us as we share best practices and proven techniques from industry experts and practitioners. Today's episode is made possible by Demand Matrix. Demand Matrix helps you complete your data stack with technographic, intent, and revenue potential data to help you accelerate revenue. Thanks for listening. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Sunny Side Up. I'm your host, Asher Matthew, and I'm super excited today about the topic we're going to discuss today because on this podcast, we want to enable all the leaders around the world who are at go-to-market and data science. And the topic today is going to be around the future of ads. And I'm super excited to have Sahil Sodi with us today, who's going to educate us a little bit. And so, Sahil, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Asher. Thanks for having me. Really excited to be on your podcast today. Fantastic. So, Sahil, before we jump in, can you tell us a little bit about who you are and how you got to where you are? Yeah, for sure. So I have been working now in the digital marketing space for nine years, working with Google. In that nine years, I've worked across multiple industries, including financial services. My first one moved over to retail, and now recently I'm working with the telecom and the tech sectors. On my job front at Google, I lead a team of Search Ads 360 experts who are working with our search marketers on a day-to-day basis in order to make sure that they are driving the best possible value from their search media dollars with us. Fantastic. So let's talk about the future of ads. Can you give us a little bit of a teaser with the conversation today? Yeah, for sure, Asher. So future of ads, from my perspective, I think of five key anchor points or pillars, uh, the way industry is shaping up for the next few years. So I have five pillars that we're going to discuss today. The first one's going to be machine learning, artificial intelligence, how that's coming into marketing and how advertisers are leveraging it today. Second thing is data integration. Third pillar we will touch base today is omni-channel experience. The fourth pillar will be data-driven marketing and how advertisers bake that into their media measurement. And the last one is new ad formats. I feel these five pillars define the marketing of today and for future in the next two to three years. At this point, I would like to give a shout out to Sahil because he's the most prepared podcast guest I've ever had on the show. So it's just fantastic and thank you. So let's dive into the first pillar. Yes. So the first pillar, uh, Usher, is machine learning and AI. And I'm sure on a day-to-day basis, we experience machine learning in multiple products, whether that's through Google products across Maps, photos, identifying you, your kids, and making sure everything is segmented and bundled in one form or the other for you. Slowly, that trend has started to come into marketing, where we are now no longer about just looking at how do I drive people to my site anymore from a digital marketing perspective. Historically, advertisers or media agencies were looking to focus on cost per click as a metric and will focus on driving as much efficient traffic as possible in the least possible amount of click money that they want to pay. But now advertisers are looking beyond that metric and are looking to integrate their actual business measurement with their media buying doors. Think of it as if everyone had a car with the best possible technology and artificial intelligence baked in. What would be your key differentiator as a driver of that car versus somebody else who had the same car? And I think that's where the power of marketing with the data that you have becomes that key pillar to drive those machines for you. 
If you give your algorithm your best data, let the machine decide all real-time decision-making around that. Hey, what is good for your business? What is bad for your business? Where you should spend your money? What kind of queries are relevant? What is not? How can I drive the best qualified traffic over to you, to your site? Let the machines take that decisions for you and you focus on driving that strategic input, which is the fuel to these machines, which is data. So I think of this as a concept of generalization versus customization. As a marketer today, I want these machines to work in the most customized manner for my business and how I can make these machines work in the most custom manner is by giving and integrating the best possible data that I have. So that's the number one trend which is happening today and marketers are getting prepared for it on how do we move to strategic conversation and let the machines handle the tactical ground with the guardrails in place about my data driving those decision-making. When you made the car analogy, I could just think of a Tesla that also had tacos and margaritas with it. And I'm like, I'm happy, you know, but this <laughs> is so good because we've been talking about machine learning and AI and it's become cliche, but the integration of the, the machines and the metrics into business metrics so that they could actually be explained to the rest of the organization, I think is really important because as marketers, a lot of times marketers get con like other people in the company confuse marketers because they're speaking a different language. And, yeah. and most people don't understand impressions, don't understand cost per CPC, like if you did not spend enough time with marketers. But bringing all of that back into business metrics, I, I believe will actually bring those teams and bring the work that those teams are doing to light. And hence, there will be much more a deeper understanding. And other people can jump in and help because I do believe that when you talk about ads, and I know we're talking about, about search ads, but we're also talking about like ads in general, creativity around those ads can come from anywhere in an organization. But historically, it's always just been sitting with the marketing team because it's felt like it's their responsibility because they just haven't integrated back into the main organization. Correct. Yeah, exactly. Ashraf. So or breaking those organization silos and bringing everybody through the lens of business metrics and not just what media buying door you're using, that has become really critical to be successful. So good organizations where they have been able to break down those silos and bring people together, work towards a unified vision, that's where they are driving maximum possible you know, profitability back to the business as well. All right, let's go to the next topic. Second pillar, which I wanted to touch base today is data integration. So as I discussed in the machine learning component, that your data is your competitive advantage. Everybody is getting the best possible machine learning systems in place. So slowly over time, having a good AI program to run your marketing is going to become a commodity. How do you bring competitive advantage is going to be how you can drive the best possible first party data into these systems. So that's where people are focused on today as marketers. They want to make sure they are collecting that first party data, making sure that is baked into propensity models, predictability models, et cetera, so that we can drive our marketing dollars towards what's best for the business in future. So I have a few examples here that I wanted to touch base. One, consider you as an advertiser today who has buying paid traffic and you bring people to your site through that paid traffic. But then you are also measuring what happens once somebody lands on your site and then they actually go ahead and purchase the product. If you have your tracking in place, then you know that, hey, Usher came to my site. He ended up paying a product which is worth merchandise value of $200. $200 
attribute it back to the paid media which brought Usher to the site. Now that is online revenue-based data integration because now you can tell the machines that I talked about that, hey, give me users who are more like Usher who are ending up with dollar value, $200 average order value, and I want more people like him. If you are more sophisticated than that, then you go one step deeper. Now imagine there are two users on your site, Sahil and Usher. Both came to your site, both ended up with merchandising value of $200. But what Usher is purchasing is a lot more valuable to your business because that has more margin versus what Sahil ended up paying. So now as a marketer, if I want to drive more profitability from my media dollars, I can then inform the systems that, hey, I want more users like Usher because what they are buying is driving top line revenue of $200, but it's giving me more profitability on my bottom line as well. So that's how I want more profitability. Now imagine as a marketer, if you had that data available and you're then feeding that into the media buying doors, then now these machines are gonna buy algorithmically the best possible traffic in order to increase the profitability. So that's the second point where you can integrate profitability. Some advertisers go deeper. They are thinking, let's not think one transaction. Let's think more broader. Sahil and Usher, two customers, $200 transaction value, Usher is buying what is more profitable for me today. But what is the lifetime value of people similar to Usher? Are they going to keep buying from me? What does my historical trends look like? What does what kind of segmentation I can cut and slice to then predict what's Usher lifetime value going to be as a retailer? Can I say that today Usher is buying maybe a patio outdoor set for $500, but then later on, the propensity of Usher to buy even more merchandise from me is high. So I'm okay spending more on Usher from my media buying capacity because I know the LTV, as I call it, for lifetime value is going to be higher for Usher versus for some other customer. So if you have those LTV models with your analytics team, bring them over to the search buying or any media buying so now your machines are optimizing towards high lifetime value customers. We are making much more meaningful investment of your marketing dollars. And the last point on data integration that I would make, Usher, is go beyond online. As a retailer today, you are not just selling through the site only. You have stores in place. You have call centers in place. There are other sales channels. Where is that data? Can you organize that data in a meaningful way? So now your systems have not only your online sales data or online profitability data, they also have your offline sales data and they have your call center data. Now, if I as a marketer have these three sales channel data available and well integrated, now I can optimize as a combined omni-channel goal where now I can say that, hey, every dollar that I'm investing leads to five to one return on ad spend because I'm looking at online plus offline plus call center data collectively. So it's not just looking at one sales channel, which is I paid for this click, people landed on site, people converted on site. There is a lot more activity that is happening outside your website traffic as well. So bringing that offline activity into your search media buying dollar is going to be critical for success as well. I would just like to encourage everybody who's listening to this podcast to rewind this podcast. If you got to this point, 
by five minutes and listen to this again, because what Sal just shared is extremely important. And he literally just broke down how you take revenue that's just a single dimension metric and brought it all the way down to multi-channel sales. And, and this is a little bit of a B2C flavor to it that Sal's sharing, but the B2B flavor is very similar too, because you have your website, you have what people call product-led growth, you have sales, inside sales, you have outbound sales, you have partnerships teams that are focusing on sales, you have customer success teams that are focusing on sales. And, and everybody in the customer organization is moving forward with helping customers be successful. And then based on the value that those customers capture, they will pay for future products. And so these metrics are really important. And in fact, this is mind-blowing because you can actually see the effect on your gross margin and ultimately to your net income from these, these metrics, which is the right way to own a PNL. I'm emphasizing this because there's lots of people that listen to this podcast today that are moving towards executive ranks that don't have PNL responsibility. And if you don't have PNL responsibility, you're not going to become an executive. It's just the, the fact. And thinking about even very like simple but complicated things like, like online marketing from a PNL perspective will allow you to become a better executive. So thanks for sharing that. Let's move to the next point. Oh, thanks, Ashar. So third pillar of future of marketing is going to be omni-channel experience-based advertisement. I touched base this pillar in my data integration piece. Customers of today have extremely high expectation from you, and they prefer a unified experience across your all channels. Now, be it your offline store, be it your web store, be it your mobile website, or be it your mobile app. Brands who are not offering this consistent experience are not able to keep those customers with them. And customers are not loyal the same way they were you know, a few years ago. We are okay shifting from one brand to the another based on how that experience is unified for us. So this is becoming a fundamental shift for a lot of advertisements and marketers to think about this digital transformation. This leads to two things. One, a better experience for customers because now these brands understand me, whether I come through any channel, they can give me more personalized experience on their mobile app versus mobile site versus desktop site. In the last 12 months since the pandemic began, advertisers had to do digital transformation of five years of work condensed into one year of work because this became a fundamental shift in the industry with stores shutting down, direct-to-consumer picking up, e-commerce channel picking up, Marketers who are not prepared for this, they had to expedite a lot of organizational changes that we touched base in our initial conversation in order to do that and be ready to service their customers of today. And the second thing in the omni-channel world is then you guide the customer based on the best sales channel for that specific individual. If I'm looking for a tennis racket for my daughter, can I get an advertisement that says that, hey, buy it from... XYZ retailer that's one mile away and this particular product and brand is available in store. So promoting your local inventory in order to go and pick it up one mile away rather than waiting for, let's say, a one day or two day shipping to happen. Advertisers who are doing it successfully today are able to encourage people to go and get the product today. And not only that, give them the option how they want this product to be given to them. Is it through an online delivery to your home? Are you driving to store, so you're buying today but picking up in store? Or are you buying today but you're going to do a curbside pickup? A lot of customers today tell me 
that we wish that curbside pickup is a thing even in a post-pandemic world because of the ease that it has provided to the consumer. So that omni-channel experience and integrating that into your marketing is going to be critical for your success going ahead uh, for the future of marketing. Yeah, I, I really like that the technology is available today that you can, based on the person's buying behavior, push them to the right experience so that they could have an awesome experience and buy what they need and then go utilize it. So that's awesome insight. Let's talk about data-driven marketing because you know, I know it's a cliche, another one of those cliches, right? But uh, but we'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Awesome. I know data-driven marketing, this has been now the buzzword for yes. many years now in the industry, but what it actually means. So Today, I thought I'll break it down for all of you on what it actually means behind the scenes. Now, all the three pillars that we talked about, you have your best machine learning available, you have your best data, and you also have your offline sales channel data integrated. But what is the value of all of that if you do not understand your customer journey? So the most powerful tool is called attribution. That means attributing each and every touch point that a customer had in the full customer journey. A few years ago, customer journey was simple. Maybe people would do a couple of searches, maybe one or two videos, and then they will end up buying. But today, there are going to be more than 100 touch points in an average sales for an average product in any customer journey across organic channels, across paid search, across display advertisement, across video advertisement. As a marketer, we need to understand what that full journey means so that we are not just giving the full credit to the last possible channel which drove the customer before the customer converted. Think of it as a football analogy. How are you looking at your forwards versus players who are bringing the ball through the midfield before somebody scores? If I'm just going to attribute all the success to the last player who scored, then maybe I'm not set up for success. Think of that from a marketing perspective now. A customer is coming from one channel to the next to the next, and is moving from the upper funnel phase into a consideration phase of your brands into actually deciding what product and what brand the customer is going to buy. That's what data-driven marketing is. And successful marketers today have sophisticated machine learning models in place in order to do that attribution. So the success of any sale that is happening is distributed across different touch points. So we are not missing out on any critical touch points in that full customer journey for my brand. Fantastic. Let's talk about the new ad formats. And the last piece, Usher, uh, on this journey I want to talk about is new ad formats. New ad formats and features in the marketing are helping support discovery phase, consideration phase, or conversion initiatives. A lot of advertisers are willing to try and test these formats in order to see what sticks with the customer from an engagement perspective. And what sticks for the customer from an acceleration of e-com perspective? Now, accelerated, as I said, through pandemic, how people have consumed the content and how they have shopped, that has dramatically changed. Consumers go online to connect, inform, and fulfill, or they do the e-com. And e-com has now a significant seat at the table when you do your sales strategy. That has become a significant channel for you. Overall, in the last year or so, retail sales, more than 20% of that is driven through e-com, and more than 60% consumers have a digital influence before they go into a brick-and-mortar store as well. 
So that tells you that driving the new ad formats in your marketing across the consideration phase or the conversion phase is going to be very critical. So how you can bring the shopping experience through this new engagement, through these new formats, that's going to be another pillar going ahead into the future, which will define how this young, dynamic consumers that you are chasing, how they are engaging with your brand. And that's why that becomes the fifth important pillar in the future of marketing. Can I ask if you can break down the awareness, consideration, and conversion ad formats? Because many people on this podcast don't know the different ad formats, period. And and you're a subject matter expert, so it'll be great to for them to just understand what do you mean by that so that when they're thinking about the journey, right, whether they're in customer success or if they're in new business or, or whether they're even in partnerships teams, right, like they have to figure out this journey because they have to train other people to buy from them. Correct. Yeah, 100% Ashar. So think of it broader, just not from search perspective, but from a broader media perspective. As a marketer, I want to make sure that my brand and my association with the category is aware of, my customers are aware about it. So I want to make sure, let's say from a video perspective, I have some media campaigns running in order to drive that awareness that I think about tennis rackets, think about Wilson, think about cars, think about XYZ brand. Like, how do we associate our brand with a particular category and make customers aware that, hey, XYZ brand exists? So we use video formats. Traditionally, people have been used a lot of TV buying in order to do that awareness out there. Now, when a customer has moved on from awareness, but now they're comparing. Let me take another example. Somebody, it's a summertime on the East Coast. People are looking at barbecue season. So they're comparing gas grills. Now, whether it's Weber or whether it's Next Grill or whether it's some other brand, now I'm in the consideration phase. Now, this is where marketers need to have content which can drive people to an actually comparison across the product that they offer. So now you're going deeper, not just saying gas grills, think Weber, but now you're going in and saying gas grills, what are you looking at? Genesis or looking at something else? Like what is a subcategorization and how you can drive people into that consideration phase in a more easy manner from your search marketing directly, or let's say any other uh, media channel as well. Now the last phase is consideration, which goes back to my point of saying, this particular product available one mile away from you, convert. Now I'm driving people to the store or telling them one day shipping, free shipping, full assembly, deliver to your store in XYZ. I'm giving timelines. I'm telling you distance. I'm telling them what will be included, when it will be installed. I'm giving all that information in an easy way. So now customer can see that, hey, this particular product is available one mile away, will be installed tomorrow. Let me just go to XYZ retailer and get this done. Versus somebody else offering that same expertise through online, but telling them that, hey, this will be in your home installed on July 18th giving a very specific date and time. So customers want that well-informed offerings so that they are very well aware when are they getting the product and when what's happening. So that's more like a conversion-focused formats that we want to make sure that you're delivering depending upon where that customer is and that full journey. So that whole concept about understanding your customers, where they are, how they are engaging with your brand, all that goes to waste if you don't have the right format for them at that right phase. Because I want to make sure that I'm servicing them based on where they are in that sales journey. That's where that new ad formats across these three awareness, consideration, and conversion, that plays an important role. 
I love that you're a sales executive teaching us about marketing because this is what the problem is in the marketplace too. Not enough sales executives understand this because this is technically a, a sort of a sales process too, right? Where we're just making sure that we have the customer's interest in mind, which is what all revenue leaders should be just thinking about. And this is just pre-funnel. And then in the pre-funnel stage, there's also awareness, consideration, and conversion. And still they enter the funnel. And maybe they don't enter the funnel. They just make a buying decision. But there's lots of things that the B2B world can learn from the B2C world. And I feel like, like this thing that you've explained to us today is very relevant as people go into H2 planning. I think, I guess, people should be in H2 deployment right now. But for those of us uh, who are still working through their plans, this type of thinking will help you convert better because we're about to get out of the pandemic and then in-person events are going to start and these at this attribution touches or need to be taken into consideration because we don't know whether physical events are going to be here to stay or not right we we have an idea that there's a lot of folks that have been in their homes for the last year and a half or year or so who want to get out and meet with people and get back to that human connection, but we don't know the business impact of that yet. Any thoughts on that, Sal? Yeah, no, 100%, Ashraf. I think you you summarized it really well. Last 12 months or 24 months have been volatile for a lot of businesses. So both for B2B and for B2C. Some industries have been the beneficiary of the digital transformation and the shift to e-com. And some traditional players who are not prepared for this, I would say have been kind of in the middle of this pandemic, they have lost that connection because they were not preparing for a digital transformation of this scale. So I think the five pillars that we discussed today becomes those fundamentals that, as I said in the beginning, that all of this will become commoditized for a lot of marketers in a few years because all the marketing industry is working towards these fundamental shift. So how you value your customer engagement how you are mining that customer data, how you are segmenting it out into different cohorts, and then integrating that into your media binders, that's your differentiator. And I think that's going to define the success going ahead for any any advertisement or any media channels buying. Fantastic. Well, thanks so much for covering this content. Let's move into the next part of the podcast, where we would love to, for you to share with us a resource, a book, a blog, a newsletter, a website, or a video that our listeners can get more information about the stuff we just talked about. Yeah, of course, for sure. I'm a big fan of Think with Google Publishing. If you just go and Google Think with Google, you will find that site. It has such meaningful content and relevant content across different channels, search, display, YouTube, or just a macro shift in the industry. So I would highly recommend our listeners to go and check out Think with Google and different uh, publishing there. The second YouTube channel that I would like to encourage everyone to go and check out is Google Marketing Platform. Uh, That definitely gives you insights into technical details on a product level, but also talks about the macro shifts like what we are discussing today. The third one is Search Engine Land from a search channel perspective. I really like the content that's got posted there. Uh, Spending meaningful, sometimes they simplify the complexity behind the product. So for our uh, listeners who are very new to this area and who want to develop expertise in the digital marketing space, that's a good resource for them to go and check out. Fantastic. Being the curious podcast host, 
I just have one question for you around this whole like privacy and cookie and stuff like that. Do you have any thoughts? I mean, we don't have to talk about it if you're like, hey, we need a whole podcast to talk about this stuff. But do you have any like bite-sized thoughts around it? Yeah, it will take two to three podcasts to discuss that. Okay. Uh, but no, it's it's a fundamental shift on how digital marketing has been running. Uh, third-party cookies have been a very integral part of media buying. With third-party cookies deprecating sometime soon, not happening immediately, everyone has time to prepare for it. Uh, I think it goes back to the point of owning your own data. So your destiny is in your hands, basically. How well you understand your customers, engagements, awareness, considerations, conversion, your best lifetime value customers, your high margin customers, how well you can bring in that first party knowledge into your media buying, that's going to define success for you. So your dependencies on third party cookies and reliance on third party cookies will be limited, you know, sometime in future. So a lot of marketers are already having conversations on this subject today, are getting the workforces aligned towards that first party data capture, what we discussed today as well. So I think it's the right direction. One thing which I keep hearing regarding this is that your performance and privacy are not like against each other. You can still continue to drive the similar performance or better performance, even if the third party cookies are not there, if you're doing this first party data job well. So uh, that's the thought I would leave everyone with on this subject. It's a very detailed subject and marketers are gonna spend maybe the next 12 to 24 months in order to prepare towards this direction. But I think first party data holds the key. That's that's going to be my number one recommendation for that subject. We're definitely going to have you back on the show <laughs> to share your thought, thoughts on this because it's an interesting way, right? And, and the whole point of this podcast is to give people ideas to think about and framework so that we demystify the complexity and there is a way. And then we all know executives are paid to make decisions. So they have to come up with a viewpoint. And if we can help people establish a viewpoint, I think we would both walk away pretty satisfied from this podcast. Yeah, 100% sure. All right. So we also asked people to give us a few names of people that they've worked with in the past who are in either go-to-market or data science that we can give them a shout out. So do you have a few folks that you have had the pleasure of working with and uh, some key things of what made them brilliant? Yes, of course. So I was thinking two people that would be wonderful for listeners to, you know, to understand their POV on this digital marketing subject. One would be Christina Brandberry. The reason I think she would be a good fit is she leads the shopping side of the house at Google. And as we touch base on how e-com is shaping the future, how omni-channel experience, how local inventory ads or how local campaigns, et cetera, are going to drive people to that omni-channel experience. So there's tons of knowledge uh, with Christina on that subject. And I think users would really value that insight. And the second person I would like to be on this podcast would be Ted Buell. He leads the analytics wing within Google again and can really unpack some of the components today about privacy or data integration and how marketers are thinking and preparing their analytics side of the house to be prepared for this. I think those two, those two people can really unpack some of the shoppable formats vision and some of the analytics-based privacy component and how marketers are behaving around it. So I would like to nominate those two folks. Fantastic. And if people have questions after this podcast, what would be the best way for them to get in touch with you? Yes, of course. So don't hesitate reaching out on LinkedIn. 
just look up Sahil Sony at Google uh, on LinkedIn. I'm sure you will find my profile. Hit me up uh, there. That would be the best channel. I try to be as responsive as I can on LinkedIn. Try to spend a few hours in the day on that platform. Um, otherwise, you can directly email me at my first name, last name combined, Sahil Sony, 85 at Gmail. That's my personal email address. So reach out to me there. Um, and I would love to connect and have a broader conversation on any subject related to digital marketing. Fantastic. And I know Sahil just gave his personal email address. So I would just encourage people that if you're going to hit him up, please be specific about your ask because most people are um, not even most. I'll take that back. All Everyone that comes onto this show is extremely busy and they are super connected individuals and professionals and they can they want to help. But they can't help if you're not specific about your ass. So this is one last encouragement to people. If you're going to connect with folks on the podcast, please be specific. And guaranteed you will get a response back because everybody that's come out of this show has wanted to help all of the folks that are listening to this podcast. All right. Well, Sail, thank you so much for coming out of this show. Uh, this was fantastic. You definitely educated me. And by virtue of me, I believe a whole bunch of people got educated as well. And we look forward to your success and best of luck in your journey. Thank you so much, Asha. This was really, really good to be connected with you and have a conversation on this subject today. I look forward for future conversations. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Sunny Side Up. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review us and share these insights with your peers.